Welcome to ETF TV News, your weekly update on newly issued products in the exchange-traded funds and exchange-traded notes universe. I'm Dan Barnes. Joining me this week are SomSafe, CEO and founder of Purpose Financial, and of course, Deborah Fur of ETF TV. Som, Debbie, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Dan. Great to be here. Debbie, can you give us an update on the latest products we saw issued over the previous week? So we had only 14 new listings last week, and that was driven, I think, primarily by the fact that Monday was President's Day in the U.S., so a holiday. We saw 31 new listings. We had 13 firms bring products to market on seven different exchanges. Two were Bitcoin, two were commodity, three were equity, seven were fixed income, including two ESG fixed income, which is part of that theme of moving towards ESG, and four were active. That's great, Debbie. Thank you very much. Now we're going to talk about the latest Bitcoin ETF. And this is, of course, coming from Canada, which has been a leader in innovation in the exchange-traded funds market from day one, hasn't it? It has. So we're almost at the 31st anniversary of the listing of the first ETF ever, which came out of Canada, March 9th, 1990, the TIPS ETF. And if we look at Canada, we saw that assets broke through 203 billion US dollars at the end of January. And we've really seen that Canada and also SOM has been an innovator. SOM developed the Claymore family of ETFs that was sold to BlackRock a number of years ago. And now SOM has been able to bring the first Bitcoin ETF to market globally. Can you talk a little bit about the structure of your product? Is it physically backed? Is there normal creation redemption process as we see in typical ETFs? It is physically backed. Actually, that's what is unique about it. It's the first physically backed ETF in the world. It's a pure play ETF. You know, you'd ask, why would investors want an ETF versus potentially going and buying some other vehicle like a closed-end fund or even just going buying crypto themselves? As you know, I mean, crypto is a very clunky and very difficult asset for, you know, if you're a deep technologist, you can go and, you know, mine it, you can go and, you know, buy it and put it into your into your own sort of wallet, which of course, uh, there's lots of great stories about people who've lost their passwords or even lost the, the keys themselves. Or you're going to go and up a, open up a separate account at you know a different uh, crypto brokerage or an exchange like a Coinbase. And for most people, that just doesn't happen. If you're a registered investment fund or a institutional investor, you know you got to go build the pipes with the custodians. You got to go and you know get all the stuff integrated. So you know having an exchange traded fund really opens up the market to this asset in a more unique way than it's ever had. What type of investors do you think will be investing? I mean, you had a phenomenal start two days of trading and assets, I think, reached 421 million. So that's pretty amazing. What we're seeing right now is a mix of both retail and institutional flow. What was really cool is starting to see institutions come in on the second day more aggressively. You know, once they saw the the efficiency of the trading, you know, you started to see institutions really start to pay attention. And what we really haven't seen yet is the fundamental institutions. And I think that's going to be the really important one. The long investors that have been kind of, you know, trying to get exposure to this asset in their portfolios for some time in an efficient way, but just haven't been able to, and are now going to. And I think that's going to be a really big leg up in the uh, in the structure going forward. There's been concerns about the premiums on other products. How have you seen your product trading? We did a lot of work in advance, bringing in, you know, some amazing high caliber traders from, you know, Canada and the United States to really help you know, ensure efficiency. And, and that continues. We're actually adding, you know, more and more market makers every single day. We closed on Friday right at NAV, which is wonderful. And have traded anywhere from sort of a one to 3% premium throughout the day. And I think we'll see that tighten over the next couple of days. I think, you know, of course, as you know, market makers with a unique asset that they're trading for the first time in many times, 
you know, they want to sort of see how the flow works and uh, they're just getting settled in right now. So we're going to see a lot more competition in driving. And I think we'll see this thing trading even more efficiently and tighter, but I'm really happy with the first couple of days of trading. Do you think we also will see products soon come to market in the US? No question. I think the SEC is going to feel a little bit of pressure. I mean, if they ever do to see why they can't do this. And, you know, my guess is that they're going to be much more open-minded to it. You know, it, it just makes sense. I mean, they've already enabled, as you can see, the great scale fund, but it's trading inefficiently. And its average premium has been in the 30s. It's trading today at like 10 or 12% premium. And, and, you know, what we've seen in Canada, what was quite amazing is that the Canadian close-in funds were trading at, you know, sort of 30% premiums, 25% premiums. And then as soon as the ETF launched, they're now trading at 10% discounts. Closed-end funds generally, because of the liquidity structure, should trade at a discount, not at a premium. But because of supply and demand, the grayscale fund trades at a big premium. The SEC should be paying attention to this. Question will be, will it be in this year or will they sort of take longer? And my guess is it's sort of late 2021 to 2022 when they'll open up the first product in the US. Sultan, that's been great. Thank you so much. Great to be here, guys. And thanks for having me. So Debbie, give us some more detail about some of the products we saw launched over the previous week. So I think some of the interesting trends that we saw was American Century has come out with two more products. We also saw that two fixed income ESG products have come to market. So I think a continuing trend around active, around ESG, and also around thematics. If we look at ESG, what we saw at the end of January is the industry broke through 200 billion, which is not a huge number, but it is significant that we're seeing increasing money going in. The net flows for January were just over 19.8 billion, which is a record level. So I think a lot of new products this year will be focused on ESG. Many firms are switching their benchmarks to be ESG. So I think a lot is happening in this space. That's been great, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. 